The outer bands of Typhoon Kanun briefly moved over Taiwan Thursday afternoon. A land warning was in effect in Taipei, New Taipei, Yilan and Jilong. The night before in Jilong, flooding was reported during the high tide. On Thursday, the port city was battered by rain, wind and tall waves. Over in New Taipei's Xinjiang district, strong winds broke off part of the scaffolding on a 24-story building. Some of the structure fell on a nearby rain awning, causing it to collapse. No severe injuries were reported, although one person sustained cuts from broken glass. Due to Typhoon Kanun, school and work were suspended in Taipei, New Taipei, Jilong and Yilan on Thursday. President Tsai Ing-wen went to the Central Emergency Operations Center to oversee disaster response. Speaking at the center, Tsai urged the public to steer clear of coastlines and rivers during the storm and to avoid activities like hiking and fishing. With the arrival of Typhoon Kanun, school and work were suspended in Taipei, New Taipei, Jilong and Yilan. President Tsai Ing-wen canceled her original schedule for the day. Instead, she joined Premier Chen Jianren and Vice Premier Zheng Wenchan on a visit to the Central Emergency Operations Center to monitor storm developments. I'd like to remind residents of other cities and counties to keep an eye on updates from the Central Weather Bureau and to take heightened precautions. For example, clear out drains to prevent overflowing and make sure billboards and signs are secured. Don't go to dangerous places or take part in dangerous activities. Dangerous activities include going to rivers, hiking, river tracing, watching waves, playing in the water and fishing. The first is drainage system maintenance. Second is designating warning zones and limiting access. Third is calling on the general public to avoid the seaside and mountainous areas. Many counties and cities in central and southern Taiwan are only on a level 3 alert right now. So the relevant staff should be in communication with local governments in central and southern Taiwan in case there is a need to escalate response measures. Central government departments will be on guard, keeping close contact with local governments. During briefings at the Disaster Response Center, President Tsai kept her face mask on as she had only recently recovered from COVID. At one point, she took a sip of water as if to ease a cough. Before leaving, she provided coffee to the center's personnel. The response center is tasked with flood control and storm monitoring to keep damage at a minimum. As Taiwan gets battered with gusty winds and rains, Taipei Mayor Jiang Wan'an is winning praise on the internet for calling a typhoon day early. He's been hailed as, quote, the most handsome mayor on earth. The time-honored Typhoon Day was also declared in neighboring New Taipei and Jilong. The only city in the north that did not call it was Taoyuan. On Thursday, Taoyuan Mayor Simon Cheng was forced to defend his decision. In principle, we do want to be in step with Taipei, New Taipei and Jilong, but that's not the only consideration. For today at least, the meteorological projections didn't meet the conditions for suspending work and classes. Mayor Chang is feeling a little wronged. The area of Taoyuan is very, very vast. When making decisions like this, Mayor Chang has a harder time than we do in Jilong. 
The cities of Taipei, New Taipei, Jilong and Taoyuan are widely seen as a single metropolitan area. So Taoyuan sparked controversy with its decision to sit out the Typhoon Day. But over in Yilan, where a Typhoon Day was declared, there was controversy too. The mayor's Facebook page was flooded with complaints after the announcement. Users wanted to know why work wasn't cancelled last month during Typhoon Doksuri. Users said this latest storm had barely brought any rain and did not warrant a holiday. The mayor replied that safety comes first and that the decision was made out of a, an abundance of caution. Former U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi marked the one-year anniversary of her Taiwan visit on Wednesday. On social media, she held her trip as an unequivocal message that the U.S. stands with Taiwan. In another sign of that support, the White House is expected to ask Congress this month to fund arms for Taiwan. If approved, this would be the first time that the U.S. provides taxpayer funds, weapons to Taiwan. In related news, France has enacted a first-of-its-kind law that commits to defending freedom of navigation in the Taiwan Strait. Former U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi marked the anniversary of her visit to Taiwan, sharing a photo of her with President Tsai Ing-wen and Vice President Lai Ting-de. In her social media posts, she said the U.S. stands with Taiwan as it defends itself and its freedom. Today is the one-year anniversary of our trip. We have received so much praise for the courage to make it, to identify with democracy and not to be running into a corner because a dictator in China is a coward and throws a temper. Pelosi once again slammed Beijing. According to the Financial Times, this month, the White House will ask Congress to speed up arms provision for Taiwan. If the request is approved, it would be the first time the U.S. provides foreign military financing to Taiwan. Meanwhile, France is also stepping up for Taiwan. Earlier this week, French President Emmanuel Macron promulgated a new military programming law. The law states that as a power in the Indo-Pacific, France will continue to defend freedom of navigation in the Indo-Pacific in accordance with international law. It also stresses the importance of maintaining peace and stability in the South China Sea and the Taiwan Strait. France is now the world's first major country to enshrine in law freedom of navigation in the Taiwan Strait. The U.S. and Japan have already stressed the importance of security in the Taiwan Strait, and now France is joining in. What's special is that after French President Macron visited China, he raised some concerns with his ambiguous statements. But now he's taking concrete action to show that France won't be absent from efforts to maintain peace in the Indo-Pacific. After his visit on China, Macron stirred controversy by saying that Europe should not get entangled in a Taiwan Strait conflict. But now, with an explicit commitment to defending freedom of navigation, Macron could be putting the criticism to rest. Today, we take you to meet the first performing group in Taiwan to combine circus acts with musicals. The Tian Circus Theatre Troupe enthralls audiences with its hair-raising acrobatic stunts and jolly singing. Our very own Stephanie Yang gives us a sneak peek of their latest production. A thrilling performance begins. An actor is tossed into the air. The 
performers cartwheel across the stage. Founded in 2020, the theater is known for its dazzling acts that combine musicals and circus stunts. The group is comprised of award-winning acrobats. I won the World Championship in 2017, and after I came back, we were invited to perform by large corporations. It was not until 2020 that we decided to do something that no one else did. We wanted to combine circus with musicals. It was a bold attempt. Our performers are actually very good, just like me, and have participated in world competitions. We have Diabolo world champions and global hula hoop performers. Their musicals are original. Their latest production is Molly's Magic Adventure, a show about the main character's journey of self-discovery, where she finds her true calling in life. It's a story about a little girl named Molly, and she lives in a magic forest. One day when she go to a, an adventure with her friend and discover a very big secret about herself. The troupe says it's a big challenge to put on a show combining the two art forms. We try a lot to put the acrobats into the show and try to make everything looks reasonable for the story. Yeah, it's a hard work, but it's very interesting. There are also some somersaults and human pyramids. We have some challenges to overcome because of our performance venue. We will do our best. Performers will be tossed into the air and fly. Their performance will be on show till August 20th in Taipei. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Liu Ruqi in Taipei. For Taiwan, trade is a crucial weapon against China's bullying. Taiwan's top trade negotiator, John Dunn, made the argument in a recent interview with CNN. Dunn spoke with CNN about a landmark trade deal signed with the U.S. in June. He said that the more Taiwan can trade freely with other countries, the stronger and safer Taiwan will be. We are on the uh, diplomatic uh, front lines. The first agreement signed under the U.S.-Taiwan initiative on 21st century trade is a 75-page document, the fruit of nine months of negotiations. China is exercising their coercion all the time. Uh, Taiwan is not the only target. China's economic coercion extends across the world, and Taiwan stands on the front lines. Taiwan is also targeted by China's military aggression, cyber attacks, and diplomatic isolation. It's under these circumstances that Taiwan and the U.S. signed their most comprehensive trade agreement in the past 40 years. As expected, it was a difficult road marked by protests from Beijing. China now, they will and they are intensifying uh, their pressure on Taiwan. But in the battle against Beijing, Taiwan has a big bargaining chip, the report says. More than 90% of the world's advanced microchips are produced in Taiwan. Chips give Taiwan crucial soft power that could deter a Chinese attack. Chip cannot uh, solve all the problems, but uh, trade can build up the confidence. If we can prove to China that we are, we can help each other. Uh, I think this sends a much stronger message. China has long opposed any form of official exchanges between Taiwan and other countries. But John Deng notes that strengthening trade ties with other countries may make China think twice before acting rashly. I think we all, we all have to prepare ourselves. If we can attract more foreign investment, if our investors can go uh, to more countries to invest, 
uh, Taiwan will be stronger. Deng stressed that the freer global trade is, the better Taiwan will be able to defend its freedom. If you're planning to go abroad this summer, you might want to bring back vitamins or snacks for friends and family. But don't break the import rules, or you could face a hefty fine. At a Wednesday press conference, the FDA warned that vitamins are restricted to 12 bottles per product, for a maximum of 36 bottles. Prescription drugs are capped at a two-month supply without a doctor's note. The FDA stressed that imported goods must be for personal use only. Illegal sales could result in fines of up to 3 million NT. Summer is peak season for international travel. This year, many Taiwanese are asking their Japan-bound friends and family to bring back medications. I went to a drugstore to buy medicine. I was afraid they wouldn't fit in my suitcase. It was a bit of a hassle. I went to Japan early last month. I bought bug bite relief products. They also sell them in Taiwan, but they're more expensive here. But there are rules on how much medicine you can bring into Taiwan. Western medicine is limited to a maximum of 12 bottles of each non-prescription medication for a maximum of 36 items in total. Prescription medicine is limited to a two-month supply if unaccompanied by a doctor's prescription. With a doctor's note, the maximum is a six-month supply. For traditional Chinese formulas, it's one kilogram max per ingredient for a maximum of 12 ingredients. And preparations in pills or caplets are capped at 36 boxes or bottles. Even contact lenses are limited to 60 contact lenses from a single prescription. So if you plan to stock up on medical products abroad, make sure you're within the legal limits. It's quite common for travelers to bring vitamins or eye drops. Non-prescription medicines like alinamin are among the ones we most commonly see Taiwanese travelers bringing back from abroad. If you want to pass through customs without declaring your goods, make sure to bring no more than 60 adhesive bandages, 4 liquid bandages, or 120 tampons. Disposable contact lenses, corrective glass lenses, and surgical masks are also subject to regulations. The rules also apply to food items. Inspection is required if the total value of one kind of food product is more than 1,000 US dollars, or if the weight of one kind is 6 kilograms. And even if the items clear inspections, they must not be sold in Taiwan. From 2022 to now, we issued 474 fines, totaling 8.71 million NT. Reselling medical or food products bought abroad is punishable with fines of 2 million and 3 million NT respectively. So think twice before committing to favors for friends. When Chen Ti Beckloen moved to Tainan from Vietnam 19 years ago, she was about to get married and start a family. Just a few short years later, her husband passed away and her life as a widow and single mother began. Since then, she's become a successful serial entrepreneur. She supported her family with a buffet restaurant before entering the diamond retail industry. Now, as her business thrives and her children blossom into young adults, she can contribute to charitable projects in Tainan. We caught up with Tran to hear her remarkable story of grit and resourcefulness. I 
Cultural differences between Taiwan and Vietnam lead women in the two countries to have vastly differing preferences about diamond rings. That's Tran's belief, based on her four years of sales experience. To benefit customers, she runs her business from her living room rather than running a bricks and mortar store. Each diamond she sells has its GIA diamond grading certificate, and business is very stable. When I've sold to someone, they say publicly who they bought from, and then others come to buy from me. Sometimes they come to my house. They have to make an appointment for that. When Tran first moved to Tainan's Baihe district at the age of 20, things were not all plain sailing. Her husband passed away in an accident five years after their marriage, leaving her to raise their two children alone. She started off with casual work and then opened a small buffet restaurant, working 18 hours a day to keep her family afloat. My children are quite good, actually. I've been taking care of them ever since they were born. I want them to have their mother's love because they don't have a dad, but they can't not have a mom, so they're my motivation. My job is to bring them up and not to take advantage of anybody. In 2016, Tran won the Self-Developing Mother Award from the Tainan Fund for Children and Families. In the last few years, things have been looking up, and she's been able to join with a charitable group to offer financial support to other families in need. We give donations to the Fund for Children and Families, and they give scholarships to students. If you want to help immigrant mothers, taking care of the children is actually helping the mother. This determined mother took her destiny in her own hands. With the success of her business, she's bought her own house and car and made a life for her children in Tainan. As she cooked a simple family meal with her daughter in the kitchen, we could see the sweetness of a life lived on one's own terms.